We have another week and another episode of the Weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt Sapala and I am your host. I'm loving all the feedback that I'm getting from the show lately. It is so motivating to keep grinding through difficult times. Guys, so thank you all for your amazing support. It means more than you think. For episode 34 of the podcast, I sat down with power couple Jay Rankin and Beck Lawther, who are both certified personal trainers doing an amazing thing for our first responders. Beck, being a police officer herself, teamed up with Jay to provide a service for all of our emergency service first responders. They train these guys in practical ways, making them more efficient at their jobs. These guys are not only passionate about helping the superheroes that respond to our cries for help, but are extremely passionate about mental health and changing the stigma around it. I won't give away too much info in the introduction and I'll let Jay and Beck do all the talking. Guys, they're doing incredible things for the greater good of Melbourne, so definitely check them out. Take it away, girls. Jay Rankin and Beck Lawther, welcome to the Weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Nice to be here. Awesome to have you guys on. And on the opposite end of the microphone, as opposed to you telling me how deep to squat or more, do more burpees. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm pumped to have you on the show and I love everything that you're doing with Triple Zero Fit and basically the energy that you bring to to every session that I come to. For people that don't know, I train at a group fitness gym in Essendon called Boom Room and these two lovely ladies are my trainers. So welcome again, guys. Thank you. It's such a great opportunity to be able to sit down and chat with you about all this stuff that's going on. Definitely. I'm pumped to dive into everything. But before we get going, guys, what was life like growing up for each of you? For me, um, I grew up in a little small town called Odin, northwest Victoria. little humble place, very small, not too many people, but um, sport was very much a focus point for me as a kid. And that's what relates here, I guess, is um, that's how I got into my PT. Um, it was a place of finding all the friends, lifting the confidence, um, learning that I was okay at basketball and that just maybe I might want to encourage others to do the same and it just went from there. For me, um, sporting was very much a big focus in that small town. Um, what about you guys? And was basketball, sorry Beck, sorry, to okay. was basketball the main the main hustle for you back then? For me as a kid, yes, absolutely. And that, that led to like cross country and just lifting weights in a little humble gym. Um, but definitely basketball. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And how about you, Beth? Basketball is life. I grew up in a small <laughs> country town called Camberwell. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I did grow up in, in a, the in eastern suburbs and I was a bit of a basketball nut myself. Started playing very young and went through and played rep ball and I think that's probably as much as I loved it, it can, you can really get channeled into one sport when you're a kid, especially Excellent. when you get tied up with the training and you know, having to play domestic as well. So, you know, it's four days, five days a week of just playing one sport. So as much as I loved it, there's a little bit of regret there that I didn't possibly sort of um, branch out and try a few other things until I was a little bit older. So, um, but yeah, sport nut for sure. School, school sports, school rep sports, all that sort of stuff, loved it. Yeah, awesome. I think um, I can relate playing all sports when I was growing up as well. Um, I think it sort of developed the passion for fitness that I do have now without me even realising. Would you guys agree as well? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's sort of that just in, ingrown in you when, when you're a kid, you just, you, you learn it, you love it, and it's, it becomes a part of you. Yeah. 
I don't think either of us could live without being active and even just mucking around playing different sports and that sort of thing. I think it just becomes part of who you are, part of your personality. Yeah, definitely. I didn't know about the basketball background, but now I know why you guys chuck the basketballs into some of our warm-ups, so it all, it all makes sense for sure. You just missed that feeling. Yeah, I love it. And what was the sort of turning point for you that you guys decided that you wanted to pursue a career in fitness? What happened there? I think it's just a common interest at the start. It was just a little discussion, and then we realised that we've got some experience and knowledge that can come together and help, help anyone that possibly needs it. Um, Beck's got her experience on the job, obviously, and um, my myself, I've been a PT for six years, so um, yeah, it's a common passion to help those where we can, but Beck, you can probably speak more about where we're going with that. I think we just smushed our two worlds together a little bit, so I mean, Jay's a, um, a PT, you know, professional that does it, you know, full-time, um, and I'm a police officer, that's my full-time job, but I've done, you know, a lot of stuff in the fitness industry as well. So I think it's just smushing those two worlds together to create something that's a little bit of a niche market, um, but also um, gives us a little bit of a different angle for everybody, you know, even if you're not in emergency services, but um, just a little bit of a different um, angle, a little bit of a different edge on, on what we can offer. So worked out quite well. Yeah, for sure. And I know we're going to dive into everything that you guys are doing with Triple Zero Fit, but what was what was the main goal for you before PT, Jay? I know that you only have done it for six years. What were you doing prior Outside to that? of the fitness industry? Yeah. Um, I guess that's where I realised being active is such an important thing for me because if you take it back before fitness, I still sought out a job that was very physically active. So Anything that got me moving is what I did. Um, I didn't necessarily have a career goal, but at 18, I did study PT, and I did all that and was qualified, but didn't pursue it as a career. It was just a side interest. But um, before that, I was doing Virgin Airlines. I was on tarmac. I was a driver. I worked at Holden Body Shop. I worked at Hugo Boss. Um, all sorts of little jobs. Always on your and feet. And just always on my feet. Yeah. And it was pretty much about people at awesome. that point, and just making sure I move and stay active. Yeah, fantastic. Feet. And, Beck, what was the reason for you getting into the police force? Oh, I joined when I was 22, so I'm 38 now, so it was quite a long time ago, so I'm not sure I can remember, to be quite frank. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the idea of having a variety of different um, jobs sort of within the police force, there's like 400 different jobs that, that are avail available, and I like to be stimulated mentally, so... I knew that every day, no matter what sort of job I was doing, it was going to be something different. You just didn't know, you know, what to expect. And, of course, that's a – which is a brilliant thing to have. You don't get bored, but it can – there can be a flip side to that as well. Um, so I think that's how that started. A lot of people, you know, that um, ask that question expect a answer about, I just wanted to be out there helping the community and, you know, doing my part, I, my, to be quite frank, that was not my motivation. My motivation was to keep myself mentally stimulated. And um, 16 years, I'm still there. It's still doing what it's supposed to do. Um, and and it gives me the opportunity to um, not only interact, obviously, with community members, but um, with other emergency services and has allowed me to continue doing this triple zero fit thing um, reasonably balanced, which is good. Awesome. So you guys merged the two things together now and you've created something called Triple Zero Fit. For the listeners at home, can you explain what this is, guys, and, and what you're doing here? 
Absolutely. So triple zero fit, just to um, be clear, it is also a PT service for the general public as well. But obviously we have a focus and that's to anyone that is in the emergency services, first responders. Um, we have a passion for helping and assisting them, balancing their life um, with the addition of PT or any skills um, that we can help with there. So with Beck's experience and her um, knowledge, I think both of us together kind of can help those in the industry. Yeah, I think it's all, and also just helping people get into emergency services. So it's not just um, you know members that are already in, but people that applicants that want to try and get in. Obviously, there's physical te um, tests that are required. Um, firefighters is probably the hardest, and sometimes it's just. Um, I know for me, when I was training to get into the police academy, it would have been great to have a personal trainer that actually knew what was involved and. Um, and how to train specifically to pass the test, and then not only pass the test, but to continue to survive the job physically later on, because it is yeah. very physically demanding. Um, firefighters are probably the most physical, but um, police carry a plethora of gear, um, ballistic vest and equipment belt, which changes and alters the way you move, um, and obviously um, carrying that around all day is... Uh, it's quite tiresome. So if you don't, if you're not fit and you don't continue to keep that um, fitness and strength up, you do end up with injuries. Some lower back injuries, uh, police, fire, and ambos all all suffer from the same issue. Um, paramedics do loads of lifting. They, you know, lower back injuries are an issue for them as well. So we're sort of just about being a little bit proactive about that sort of thing with existing members and trying to keep them fit and um, and certainly helping people that want to try and get into emergency services. But with that in mind, yeah, it's definitely open. You know, we um, are happy to serve everybody. We just want everybody to be active. So it's sort of, but our sort of side gig is, you know, training up those first responders. Yeah, fantastic. And I guess you're trying to create functional movement patterns that are going to be benefit those guys on the job as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, you just don't move the same way that, um, that you would if you're not wearing all the gear. You know, firefighters are wearing 40 kilos worth of gear when you're talking about having their breathing apparatus and tanks on. So if you're thinking about picking stuff up, you don't do it in a normal fashion yet. So you have to be able to um, train your body to allow for those different movements. And, um, and if you don't, obviously you risk, you risk injury. So it's yeah. about moving outside that sort of general scope of, um, the planes of movement that we would do in the gym and sort of moving outside of that a little bit so that the body becomes more accustomed to, uh, you know, lifting things in a funny way or uh, and just carrying that all that extra gear. Yeah, awesome. Building that foundation just so that stresses don't take a step back. Yeah, fantastic. And you also touched on before that you guys don't just specifically work with first responders or emergency services. You guys work with the general, general public as well, trying to teach them fundamental movement patterns that are going to benefit them in their life as well, correct? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I think it's, um, yeah, I, people underestimate, um, I think, the importance of just staying strong. <clears throat> and that's something that we really push. We, we like having strong people around us and, and people that are capable. And it's all about balancing your work life with your, your home life. You don't want to be doing your back when you're reaching up to get the flour out of the pantry. So we just want everybody to be capable and feel strong so that they can enjoy their downtime with their family. Definitely. And what do you think, Jay, some of the fundamental movements that everybody should be doing, regardless if you're a first responder or just average Joe Blow that sits at a desk 9 to 5? If you strip it 
back, I think weight training is key. So having a resistance. Um, but strip that back again. Let's just move consistently every week, every day, get out of the house um, and just creating those patterns. So I have a history in powerlifting, but I'm not going to bring you to the gym and get you to squat 100 kilos. I just want to make sure that you can move in a, in a comfortable way, in a, a way that's safe so that when we do add load, that it's not an issue in your everyday life. So it just goes back to what Beck said, longevity, um, quality of life. So all movement patterns. It's not just one way, is the set way with us. Perfect. Yeah. Fantastic response there. And I guess you hit the nail on the head. It is personalised depending on basically your lifestyle, your job, and what you want to achieve out of out of yourself. And what are your future plans with Triple Zero Fit? I want to hear the, the big ambitions. What do you guys got in the pipeline? <laughs> your big ambition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are taking steps for, um, I guess, the most exciting thing at the moment is our fundraiser to do yeah yeah I think that's our probably our next we, we don't need to get bigger than um, Ben Hur in order for us to be satisfied we're sort of we're real big advocates on you know smaller group training and personalized stuff and I think sometimes that can get lost when you get you know too big so we sort of want to keep it at a concentrated level where we're able to give that sort of um, real quality um, training and feedback to people um, but we're real big advocates of fundraising for mental health. Um, for me specifically, obviously in emergency services, it's a big issue. So our next big project is we're, we're doing a big fundraiser and it'll be held um, at Boom Room in Essendon North. And it'll basically be about bringing along a friend who you think might need some help and using that sort of exercise as medicine. And it can be really um, confronting leaving the house to go and do group training. And sometimes it's good just to have a buddy with you. So we're really going to try and push that. Um, we're going to call it fit for duty. And it'll be basically anybody that you think might just need a little hand getting out and getting active and getting some dopamine and getting all those good hormones and that sort of um, natural antidepressant and doing it in a safe environment. Um, where you don't have to worry about what anybody else thinks about what you're doing. You're just out there to, to exercise. So we'll be raising money for the Blue Ribbon Foundation and also for the Code 9 Foundation, um, which specific Code 9 is um, a code we use in policing for uh, police in trouble. So um, it's uh, a mental health um, fundraising foundation. And so we'll be raising money for those, um, those two charities and trying to get encourage people to get out of the house and sort of break that depression cycle um, and uh, maybe some more specific stuff for, for members that are suffering from PTSD and can't be in that sort of group environment. Yeah, so. fantastic. And it is scientifically proven that exercise does help with mental illness and yeah. anxiety and depression. Yeah. So uh, I love everything that you guys are doing in, in order to break the stigma around that and raise awareness that exercise can obviously help you alongside your other Absolutely. treatment regime too. Yeah. And I think the hardest thing is getting people out of the house. So this whole sort of buddy program thing where we try and get them, you know, somebody to bring, you know, somebody with them, I think is, is really important because we can't expect people that are unwell to, you know, to get over that hurdle of getting out of the house and getting into the car and getting to the place. Like all of these things that we take for granted are really, really difficult for people with quite severe depression or anxiety and, uh, and PTSD. So... We're just trying to break some barriers down and make it a little bit easier.
amazing guys doing incredible things and I look forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to produce with that and I'll definitely be a big support for you guys. So oh, can't great. wait for that to happen. Now, Jay, I wanted to reel off a little bit and talk about your life as a personal trainer. I know before each class and after every class, we often chat about like PTs and their unsustainable hours and how you can often burn out from it. I want to I want to chat a little bit about that. So tell me your experiences with this and I know from chatting with you, you've had some episodes where you, some days you're over the top and some days you're, you're a bit down there. <laughs> talk, talk me nice. through um, some some burnout options, oh, experiences that you've had as a PT. Um, yeah, I think every PT I've spoken to has struggled with this. It's a common thing. Um, but if you, if you go strip it back, it's smarts. Like we can overwork ourselves because it's the nature of the the industry because we have to do those outside hours to the norm from the morning to the night and you have that little break so it becomes a really long day. Um, I think every individual is different but you do have to be mindful of setting some time aside for yourself um, because if you can't nurture that then you've got nothing to give everyone else and just keeping that at the forefront so nurturing your relationship and the simple things that we preach as PTs that are a constant the food and your sleep are like paramount to keeping those stress levels down. So it's simple things that often, just like plumbers that can't fix their own toilet, PTs, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, PTs struggle to often practice what they preach when it comes to the stress of the day and the week. Um, but yeah, smarts, clustering clients together. Um, and I guess I'm, I might cheeky cheekily touch on it's a respect thing as well it goes both ways in um clients in the PT industry you'll often see people pull out at the last minute and just respecting yourself enough that this is a job this is your income as well and that there's a balance there that goes back and forth that we've got to nurture our time and respect it as much as those around us so um, sleep food and smarts Fantastic. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head. And like you said before, we often sometimes think we're invincible in this industry because yeah. we do work morning and late night. We've got yeah. all this time during the day. We feel like we should do more with that. Yeah. And then we end up working 18-hour yeah. days, which like yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. So, again, bringing it back to loving yourself and, and taking care of what you're eating and what you're sleeping. How On sleep, how much of a priority do you think someone should place on sleep <laughs> as a trainer? <laughs> it's paramount. It's the biggest one. It's uh, you don't often realise what you're missing until you get it again. And I'm a different person after eight hours sleep. My weekends are wonderful. I'm a really <laughs> nice person on a Saturday night after my Friday off. But um, it's 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 individual. But um, I think consistency in when you go to bed and is is what you want to look at is that every night possibly you try and create the same routines. But um, very much a big one. There's a podcast we listened to. What was it, Beck? Um, in regards to sleep, that was um. Uh, yeah, do Doctor, you're putting me on the spot. Doctor Michael, he's a British scientist, but only studies sleep and sleep patterns and the importance of it. And I think the biggest um, thing that we learn out of that is that the percentage of people that can operate unimpaired with less than seven hours sleep is zero. Yeah. So. Those people that you hear saying, and you know, it's quite common in the PT industry. I only need five hours sleep, and then I'm fine. That, that's we're it's, lying. It's not actually true. <laughs> you may not be severely impaired, but you will be impaired in some fashion. So if you're getting less than seven hours sleep, 
you need to make yeah, some changes. I just don't realise it. And, and we are both big advocates on sleep. Like, I'm, as a shift worker, I, I, I need to, like, I, I have a sleep diary. Mm. And Amazing. And there's a ripple effect from not having enough sleep, and yeah, that's what definitely. you need to realise. It's like you make poor choices on food. You make poor, choice, poor choices for what's next. So, yeah. And the World Health Organisation has recently made uh, lack of sleep or um, severe sleep deprivation uh, listed as a carcinogenic. And that's the World Health Organisation has now recognised that if you don't sleep, you get cancer. So people need to put a, a lot more priority on it. Definitely. It's so restorative, as you guys touched on before. And... Uh, just on trainers as well, it's quite hard for them to be able to prioritise sleep because they're still wired after finishing at 8.30, 9 o'clock and then they've got to get up at 4 o'clock the next morning. Do you have any tips for trainers at home that are struggling to prioritise on how to switch off once their last client is done to be able to get into that restorative practice and be ready for the next day? I think it's just simple things. It's, again, things we've all heard. So staying off your phone, that technology late at night, um, having meals prepped by the time you get home then you're ready to eat instead of like what do I have now prepping till late um it's again it's just routines smart routines that suit your lifestyle that can be efficient um it's not hard it's just discipline really amazing yeah. awesome and Beck, adding this question in here for a partner of a PT that may be going through unsustainable doing the unsustainable hours and mm. you've noticed that how can you support her or him to be able to put themselves first often without getting caught up in that industry because I know a lot of a lot of partners in the of PTs in the industry would want to be able to to help their partner get the best out of themselves so do you have any tips for the listeners I think it's just appreciating the, the broken shifts to start with so that the it's a morning and an afternoon shift if you squish them together it's a normal shift but it is a broken shift so allowing that downtime during the day and making sure that that's um, used wisely so encouraging, like even naps, encouraging the nap, encouraging the downtime, even sitting in front of the TV watching a movie, something that you would normally do at night and, and making it okay to do that during the day. And I know that Jay gets into the habit of doing a lot of programming during the day and it can't be helped because, like you said before, sometimes you feel like you need to fill that void because you're not working and sometimes that's not the best thing to do, just actually stepping away and having a break. Um, Nature. Go for a walk. Yeah, go for Take a walk. Take everything away. Yeah, sort of just stop in, you know, so so that you are enjoying that downtime. We've got a pretty good um, balance worked out. I do a lot of the cooking in the house and I love cooking, so that works out well She's for Jay. She's amazing. Very, very, very <laughs> Jay has that supportive. meal prepped when she gets home. And also we we sit down and we talk quite often about um, time prioritising. So Jay now has Fridays and Sundays off. Whereas when we first started the business, she didn't really have that choice and was working those seven days. And so now we're sort of into a period of time where we're allocating actual days off and really prioritising that and not getting sucked into, oh, a new client, I'll just slip them into a Friday. Yeah, that's key. Friday is is like sacrilege. Yeah. No clients on Fridays and, yeah. and, and no clients on Sundays. That's good advice for anyone starting out in the industry. Understand it will be a heavy, hard slog at the start. But set some standards for yourself and your your family, your little circle bubble of the world that there is a point where it has to change. It can't be the norm. Because you will get burnt out. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is that the time timetabling becomes a little erratic. 
and and that, that is the nature of the business with clients here and available here and not there and so on and so forth. But really, just allocating yourself some time, self care, self love, and and not letting anybody interfere with that. And that way, you're sort of balancing out all of all of your relationships, family, partner, dog, whatever, <laughs> um, so that everyone gets a little piece of you. Awesome. And I know Jay from chatting with you about that. We often would get caught up in. It's our day off, let's let's reschedule a new client here and there. <laughs> but it's fantastic that you've highlighted that. And, guys, you really need to take care of yourself, even though it is your – if you're running your own business or if you're working for someone else, you are have to be on because you are the face of that. Yeah. So if you're not on, then you're just going to go down a spiral and it's going to make it worse for yourself. Would you agree? Absolutely, yep. Awesome. You, you need the energy. <laughs> Definitely. Great tips there, guys. Thank you. And, Beck, just on working in the police force, do you ever combat – times like this where you're where you're burnt out and how do you manage that working working for such a big big cause um yeah burnout is a massive um is a massive issue without um i think throughout all first responders in some capacity shift work is terrible for you um but it's also great because you're not you know stuck with the nine to five uh, little ants going to work every day <laughs> and coming home every day so it has its um it has its advantages and disadvantages. I think being able to, and sometimes it takes a while to work it out for yourself, but realising what those triggers are where you where you are becoming burnt out. So that might be, for me, it's interrupted sleep. So if I'm getting interrupted sleep and not sleeping uh, straight through, um, or if I feel like I'm not managing the paperwork side of my job, which is pretty intense, and just realising that sometimes it's okay to have a mental health day, and sit on the couch and just reset and and get yourself together. I'm a big advocate of to-do lists. Get it out of my head and on a piece of paper. So I have a to-do list at home and I have a to-do list at work and I have a to-do list in my phone. <laughs> this is true. And <laughs> she has a to-do list for the to-do list. I have list. a to-do list for the to-do list. But it gets it out of my head. And, you know, sometimes when you're going to sleep and you're like, oh, God, I've got to must remember to do that tomorrow, that there's nothing worse. So... As soon as I, as I'm finishing work and knocking off, I've already written down a list of things that, you know, where I'm at with certain cases or um, investigations or whatever, and then I can go home, cut that off, go into triple zero fit mode, and I've got my whiteboard at home, which has got my to-do list for that as well, and I tick those off, and then what are we having for dinner? And You know, like, it, it can be, it can happen very quickly, but it's just being able to recognise what those little um, triggers are like I'm a little bit crook at the moment, so I'm I'm a bit run down. So now it's time for me to just have a couple of days off, and recognizing that, allocating that time to yourself to stop and rest, and then get ready to go again. Fantastic points there, guys. Hit the nail on the head. And I'm a big advocate for to do lists as well. If you look on my home screen, I've got a to do list about 30 <laughs> items deep. Um, so I love it. It gives me direction, and and it also gives you clarity knowing that you can. You've got the things on the paper so you don't have to think about them it's next. It's just a bit of control, I think. Definitely. Um, and as humans, we often think about what we have to do next Saturday before yeah. we have to do what we have to do now. So if exactly. it's on the paper, it does help. Yeah. Did you mention the two whiteboards at home as well? We were. Yeah. <laughs> we got two white, We got three, actually. There's one on the fridge, fridge. with our meals for the week. <laughs> and then Jay's got a whiteboard and I've got a whiteboard and 
Reminds me of the dog, a whiteboard. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely love it, guys. Now, thanks for sharing all those tips. I know, guys, whether you're working as a PT or working in whatever industry you are, burnout happens to all of us. So if you can combat those tips and know the signs, you're definitely going to be ahead of the group. Now, Jay, another conversation we've had is about PTs training themselves. And I know... Often it gets neglected because we have to give other people our time and effort to train them. We honestly just don't have any energy. What are some tips for for trainers out there that are struggling to find time or motivation to to train themselves? My biggest tip is find yourself a PT. (laughs) Because you can't have that energy all the time and you need someone that's going to invest into you. So someone that can give you that time and it's a little treat to yourself as well and also use it as a, a teaching tool and um, we've got to stay fresh as PTs um, I'm not sure how everyone learns but for me personally let me get physical let me do it as well so I go out there and I'll, I'll change seasons and I'll go from coach to coach and I'll try and take away what I can and learn as much as I can but that is also a time for me a time for me to train and a schedule that I need Um, in that little break in the day between the morning and night that is when I train I'm not a a. 6am trainer I cannot train myself I'll go home I'll drive and I'll go home you'd rather just tell me to do burpees burpees. (laughs) that's fun (laughs) but yeah again consistency a schedule and then just keeping it fresh find people in the industry that are better than you that will stretch you um, as well Fantastic. And I think as trainers, we sometimes often get a little bit arrogant to the fact that to asking for help because we know it all, don't we? So if we can get past that barrier and use it as a learning resource, then I think we'll all be beneficial, a bit more beneficial for that because we are learning in the same time. We are getting our workout in and we're building rapport with other trainers in the industry. So yeah, definitely a great tip. There's nothing worse than a personal trainer that thinks they know it all as well, because it's, it, we don't be. We don't. We the don't. We've got to learn. The industry changes too. It's like exactly. everything. Definitely. You have this to stay best. fresh. And if yeah. you're fresh, then you're excited about what you're teaching. And it's all, you know what it's like when you're teaching something that's new to you and then you're passing that on to somebody. That, yeah. like that keeps you fresh as well. Definitely. Mm. And uh, it's funny you say that. Actually, I was doing a podcast with Ben from Queensland. He's been a personal trainer for over 16 or 18 years. I can't remember which one it was. And he still learns from trainers that have been in the industry for six months. So yeah. he's still adapting his knowledge to knowledge. I was going to say technology, but knowledge to <laughs> to the the new system and how, how other people exactly. learn as well. So it's not a trainer that has been in the industry for 16 years isn't better than someone that's been in the industry oh, for six months. Oh, absolutely not. I just take like a deadlift, for example, how, how many different ways that's taught now. You know, like it, it evolves over time. Definitely. We learn from those sort of things. They evolve over time and, and it's the only way to stay ahead of the game. Awesome. And guys, on that, what does your training consist of at the moment? For myself, I'm currently doing some CrossFit um, and that, that's a great learning tool for me at the moment because I was doing what I just told you all not to do and I didn't think it was a great avenue for me to take. I'd heard a few things, but now I'm in it. I've found it a great club and they're amazing. So... Yeah, that's my focus at the moment, as well as training myself with weights a couple of times a week. And Beck, being a fabulous boxing coach, she takes me once a week and I take her once a week for PT. So we keep that balance as well. Yeah, and we awesome. keep it like, you know, professional. Like yeah. you have to turn up and i got to do what she says and she's got to do what I say. Much to, much to Jay's yes. demise sometimes. <laughs> my, uh, my attitude needs a little shift this week. <laughs> 
I tried to do that with Beck for the first couple of months. She was totally yeah. into it, and then that sort of went yeah. off. It's really hard <laughs> to Keeps do the respect. Much. I needed to it's... have a little piece of humble pie there. <laughs> How about good. you, Beck? Um, so I've just started Krav Maga, actually. Jay got me some personal training sessions for my birthday. Um, and so that's great as a martial arts, learning something new, which I love to do, but it's also relevant to my job, which is also really helpful. And um, so I'm very much enjoying that. And then I do boxing maybe once or twice a week, training with Jay when I can. I like to mix it up. I've, you know, spent, I spent quite a lot of time, and, you know, I was talking about basketball earlier and sort of getting um, tunnelled into that one sport and... And I did that, you know, a lot in my early 20s and early 30s as well. I had an event on. I would just focus on that one thing. And now I'm sort of just want to do, I want a bit of everything. So um, I love mixing it up. I don't, it's hard sometimes if you're really keen into sports not to try and take something as far as you possibly can. So I'm trying to learn from that myself and just enjoy little pockets of everything. Diversity matters enough. Yeah, totally. So even some of the stuff that Jay does at CrossFit, come home and, I'll do it. Should make me do it. So it's just mixing it up and making sure that you know, I don't need to wrestle. You don't. <laughs> you don't want to cram a gas. Cram a gas. Guys, you touched on a fantastic point there, and that was having fun while you while you're training. I know with with my group classes at Euphoria, I try and make fun the top of the list before anything. So I'd rather people have fun and leave happy than people leave sweating. Yeah, if that makes Absolutely. sense, because yeah, that's probably. the key to people lasting for a long time and people enjoying what they're doing yeah, in the meantime. Yeah, they want to come back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. On that, for people at home, do you have any tips on how to have fun while you're training, how to get the most out of that? I think it's important just to um, assess and find out what someone's goal is first as well. So if we're hitting that goal and, and finding a way to measure that, there's a, um, a progress that we can track and then there comes that enjoyment as well. But it's who you, who you train with. It's finding a coach that you get along with. Um, it's all those things. It's finding a time that you're happy to go training. It's not a drag. Don't commit to something that you know already is going to be such a struggle. Um, find those things that will assist you along the way with timing and friends and coach. And if you think you are going to struggle, take a mate with you. Yeah. Like we train together quite, quite often and it makes it so much more fun than yeah. just going in there and trying to hack away yourself. I know personally I can't do it by myself. <clears throat> I really struggle. But if Jay's there, there's a little competitive edge, but also we bounce off each other. So yeah. it's good. And I think that's why group classes are thriving at the moment because you've got that community environment and someone to help push you through through the, <coughs> the tough times, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. And somebody to be accountable to as well. Yeah. Definitely. Leading into the group training avenue, I wanted to chat a little bit about high-intensity interval training. Firstly, guys, what is high-intensity interval training and why is it beneficial and why can it be detrimental as well? <laughs> why it can be detrimental straight, uh, straight away, sorry, it um, stands out. So many people not understanding the nature of high-intensity then apply the nature of um, like a long-distance run to the same thing. And it's like understanding that these are short, intense, high-intense intervals that we can't keep up for long periods and it's meant to be that way. It's a super efficient way of training, a great way to get um, results but in that equation let's um, keep the rest and the good sleep and understand that it's a, a very taxing way of training, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. 
And I think in those rest periods where uh, you should be resting, we do find sometimes people are working through that rest period, yeah. which is defeating the purpose. The idea is to have that short rest, bring your heart rate down a little bit, and then go back up to that high intense training because otherwise it's just an endurance session and, and that's yeah. kind of defeating the purpose of having yeah. a, a HIIT training session. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome, guys. Hit the nail on the head there. And the benefits of it, you touched on it before, that it's a super time-efficient um, way of training and it also burns maximal calories, doesn't it, yeah, in that short, short period yeah. of time. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Fantastic, guys. And Beck, being a Rocky Balboa, <laughs> great impersonator for one, and then awesome with the technical side as well. Why is boxing such a great form of exercise? And do you have any tips for the listeners on how to get the most out of their how they boxing? Um, so my tip would be <clears throat> definitely get a little bit of coaching in relation to how to punch properly. Um, you can uh, injure your joints and do do a bit of damage. Um, if you don't know what you're doing. So my first tip is have somebody instruct you on how to punch properly and really start off slow um, before you start increasing the weight of your punches and trying to hit the, you know, the jack out of the bag, Um, but also on, uh, you know, pulling your hands back and um, retracting them quickly. Um, That movement, you know, is quite intense and, you know, we don't want elbows and wrists and shoulders and stuff to get a bit sore. My other tip is always try southpaw boxing. So if you're right-handed and you've got your left foot forward, always try switching that over. There's loads of different reasons why. Obviously, if you're going to go into a fight, it's handy if you know how to um, box in both ways. But also, it's really good for symmetry of, of your body. If you're always boxing with your left foot forward, after a long period of time, you may end up with some hip problems because you're only ever moving in that sort of one direction. Um, boxing is fantastic for cardio and strength and personally for, for my body I have never been fitter um, you, it, it so covers off on so many different uh, elements of um, fitness that the, the overall result is, is fantastic for increasing strength and increasing your cardio um, capabilities um, the downside is there's some flexibility issues that can arise if you're not balancing it out with other things um, and uh, you'll find a lot of boxers have some upper back or thoracic issues just from being curled over in that sort of um, defensive stance and bringing their shoulders forward. So it's just making sure that you're always doing some exercises that are going to balance that out if you're going to do loads and loads of boxing. But certainly give it a go because, uh, yeah, you'll never be fitter. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it touches on the point you raised before. It's varied and it's enjoyable from your Absolutely. other training. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Guys, coming to the end of the podcast now, I want to know what your main message is and why do you get out of bed every day? Uh, Put you on the spot here. (laughs) I think for me, the joy in the job, I'll often be whinging to Beck how tired I am. But if I get that one client that comes in that I saw that was intimidated to come into a gym that has struggled for years to do a workout or wasn't sure what they're doing, um, to educate and empower them and just to slowly see their progress is super enjoyable. And it's not me, it's them. They've finally taken that brave step. So to be someone in the industry that's approachable, that's willing to work with someone wherever they're at, whether it's online, small group, one-on-one, I think just that journey, a word that we love to use, um, is a super enjoyable one for me. It's the the personal of the personal training that I love most. Great. And how about you, Beth? Um, I think for me personally, I like to see... Um, emergency services personnel 
get longevity out of their job. Yeah. And you can't do that unless you're fit and strong. Um, if people are calling triple zero, they're not expecting a big fat cop that eats donuts that's completely disinterested in what they're doing um, turn up. They expect yeah. Superman, super strong, capable, smart, intelligent, case solving in 48 minutes plus ads like CSI. <laughs> um, and so as much as some of that may be a bit of a daydream, it's nice to be able to try and represent that to the community. So for me, I really get a kick out of taking um, police members, because obviously that's who I work with the most, who, who have put weight on over the years, are starting to suffer some effects of depression and I like to see them hit the gym and then all of a sudden their sort of whole outlook changes and they start to feel good about themselves. There's nothing better than giving somebody something that makes them feel good about themselves, yeah. walking out with their chin up and feeling a little bit more capable than they did when they woke up in the morning. So that's my kicker, I reckon. Amazing, guys, and you are doing incredible things for not only the emergency services but for people in, in the whole community as well, and, and I commend you guys for that. And coming together and building such a great brand is, is so exciting to see, especially coming in and see, seeing both your happy faces every time we train. So <laughs> thank you on behalf of me and Beck for, for doing all that. Where can we reach you guys and how can someone get in contact with you? So Instagram and Facebook is obviously yep. our biggest um, social media um, push. Uh, but all our contact details are on there. Again, we're not just about emergency services. Um, we're for everybody. And we're, don't be fooled by the fact that we're uh, sort of a niche market for emergency services. We don't have that um, military <laughs> drill <laughs> yelling in your face. <laughs> Drop and give me 20 push-ups. Unless, that, of course, that's what you want. <laughs> It'll come from me, not from Jay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, jump on Instagram, jump on Facebook, send us a message if you're keen. Obviously, Jay's here Monday to Thursday at Boom Room if you want to come and uh, check out Boom Room's um, classes. And we work out of Thornbury as well. So Boom Room, Essendon um, and Thorn Immortal Fitness in Thornbury. So just shoot us a message and any inquiries, even if you might be considering a, a job in emergency services and you've got some questions, feel free to send us an email and I'll be sure to talk you out of it. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nice fun. <laughs> I'll have those in the show notes for you guys. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm really grateful that you guys got to share your insight onto both the emergency services industry and the fitness industry as well. So, thank you. And thank awesome. you for so much for your support. Yeah, Anytime, thanks, guys. We thank love you again. <laughs> <laughs>